0: We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT,
1: WPHT, HD, WGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Station From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter, this is Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next Radio Hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes. Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate, here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katzars. How are you, Deanne?
2: I'm doing fabulous, Mark. Just fabulous.
1: Very, very good. I am excellent myself. And we're excited to be here every Saturday at 1 o'clock here at WPHD Talk Radio 1210, the number one station in the Philly market. And we're here to just keep you informed on residential, commercial, mortgages. If you need any advice, give us a call. You can call Deanne 24-7. <laughs> my, num- my number is 267-266-266. 5501. And what's your 24 7 number, Deanne?
2: My number is 609 605 7153.
1: Doesn't matter. She'll answer your questions at 3 in the morning. Give her a call. Bring it on. And we're here every week just to keep you informed. And you can listen to this show and past shows at our website, goodnewsandrealestate.com, and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today, Deanne?
2: Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have business tips with Asking Dr. A. Yes. And today's topic is going to be workplace phobia.
1: Ooh, that's a good one.
2: We also have Mark's funny story.
1: Got one for you.
2: We have our mortgage mom topic as well.
1: Which is?
2: Key questions to ask yourself before buying a home.
1: That's a good one.
2: It is a good topic. Mark, we also have questions. My tenant is renting out my property to multiple people without my permission. What do I do?
1: <laughs> Sounds like the a next... sure, sure house.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the next question is, is now a good time to be a real estate agent?
1: Oh, excellent.
2: Always a good time to be a real estate agent.
1: It's actually better than usual.
2: Next is, how much is flood insurance?
1: Ooh, that's and
2: a good one. next question is: How long will interest rates stay low?
1: Ooh, them! I like them last two. <laughs>
2: Mark, we also have our topic of the day: the truth about evictions. The media won't tell you things are better than you think. They are
1: a lot better, and I'm going to tell you the truth. The truth.
2: The whole truth and nothing but the truth.
1: Yeah, remember that joke a few weeks ago from the realtor? Yeah. Yep. <laughs>
2: But Mark, first, give us your motivational quote.
1: And the motivational quote is, challenges are what makes life interesting, and overcoming them is what makes life meaningful.
2: Wow, that's pretty deep. I like it.
1: it. I'm getting deeper every week.
2: You are. (laughs) You might might not be
1: able to find me soon.
2: (laughs) I was going to say in the hole, but that's okay.
1: (laughs) So, So what's coming up?
2: So we are up to... The market report.
1: And there is the bell. So, I'm going to do a little something different in the market report. I'm going to talk about the rental industry real fast. The residential building, building re, uh, rental industry employs more people than the automotive equipment, rentals, and consumer good rentals all combined. Wow. The res- residential rental industry employs 834,000 people as of february of 2021 and that was a slight decline of 1.1 but this is a big business uh residential uh, rental employs 67.5 of real estate rental industry and 49.2 percent of the real estate industry overall 49.2 percent
2: that's a lot
1: that is a lot 382,400 or 45.9% of res- residential rent- rental industry employees are women, of course. These outnumber us everywhere. So much for the life jacket. That stuff's over. <laughs> Put <laughs> the, the mask in- <laughs> on first. <laughs> the average industry employee has an annual income of 47965 Wages for the average employee increased 1% over the last year. Residential property managers make an annual income of 49000 Residential lessors make 46445 four forty-five, And the average employee in the Northeast rental industry makes 65971 annually. Now, these are the people that are open the door, say how you like it, and sign here. Press R.
0: Right. <laughs> Right.
1: And non-residential lessors make 68000 the students, make 68175 per year, and property managers make $64,000. And there ha- And there's been a limited supply because uh, of, of all the housing and all that, uh, all the in- things that are going on with housing. Uh, the median existing home price as of July is up to... 359900 dollars. I That's remember crazy. When we started this show twelve years ago. It was like two twenty-five or something. I
2: was going to say two fifty exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's up eighteen percent from a year earlier. That's slightly below the record of three sixty-two reported in the prior month. And construction of new housing in the past twenty years has fell. 5.5 million units. I we keep bringing this up every once in a while, but there are five million houses behind.
2: You're never. You're not going to make that up.
1: Biden said he has a plan, which. Oh,
2: okay. I,
1: I'm a little nervous about that baby. <laughs> you know that some of his plans are. Right All right, come lovely. on, on to the next one. Can't and go there. The the housing boom has unusually widespread, with the prices soaring in the big cities, small towns, everywhere. Uh, There is a proposal in Congress uh, to include a program of $5 billion. Now, some of this is good news if it passes. This is the only part of this whole H.R. 1 bill that I might like. To ease exclusionary zoning laws, minimize such minimum lot sizes, prohibitions on mobile family housing, uh, like get some, bottom line, get rid of some red tape. Right. If they did that, that would be good. There's actually, I got a uh, thing from my Fox Chase neighbors, and there was an old moving company, and now they want to put a condo, and not, uh, not a condo, but an apartment building, and of course, there's going to be certain individuals that are going to be against any kind of development, no matter what of it course. is. Of course. But... Some economists say the urbanists say easing zoning rules would help expand the supply of the dwellings available for rent or sale, and which is the tightest it's been in 30 years. Local regulations on environmental protection, road, schools, sewer capacity often have strong support among residents who generally want to keep property values high. So if they got rid of some red tape, that would be a good thing. The rest of that bill... People better wake up, if you're listening, Philly Metro from the Poconos to the shore, call your congressman and tell them to vote no on H.R. 1 because there's a bunch of real estate taxes in there, and there's a death tax in there, which is 40%. There's a capital gains tax, which is 39.6%, and there's a 12% increase on small business, which is 92% of the businesses in the country are small business. And that's a big jump. And when you raise taxes on people, there's only two choices. You raise prices of your product or you get rid of staff. So start paying attention of what's in this bill and call your congressman. And that's all I got to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about the rates.
2: All right, so Mark, our 30-year fixed conventional, still we're looking at 2875 Fifteen-year, two point three seven five. Your FHA is at anywhere from two point eight seven five to three percent. Again, it is still not too late to refinance. There was just an article that came out last week um, that said that people think two things: one, they still need to put twenty percent down, yep. and that the refi boom has passed. And that there that couldn't be further from the truth on both of those segments. So. And-
1: The old 20% myth is still alive and kicking.
2: Yep. And it's funny because, I mean, after all the things we do with the show, people are still calling and telling me they want to wait because they don't have enough to put down. And when I asked them how much they need to put down, they said 20%. So, again, the minimum down payment is 3% on a conventional loan.
1: All right. So, with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit
0: Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Casares and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours.
1: All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, all positive, all the time. So, where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to your funny story. So this state trooper's hanging outside of this uh, senior citizen housing, and he sees this lady come out, this 87-year-old woman, and she, like, books down the street, and he pulls her over. And as he looks at her driver's license, he's surprised. He noticed that attached to her license is a concealed weapon permit. And he's taken back a little bit, and he couldn't help but ask. He says, uh, you have a gun in your possession? She replied in a crackly voice, indeed I do. She goes, why, I have a forty-five automatic in the glove box. And the trooper then asked if she had any other weapons. She goes, well, I have a 9mm Glock in the center console. And then he was like a little shocked. He goes, is that all the weapons you, you are transporting? And the little lady held up her purse and replied, well, I do keep my thirty-eight special in the purse. Finally, the astonished trooper said, uh, what are you afraid of? little lady smiled at him. She says, not a damn thing.
2: <laughs> that was good. Oh, poor little lady. <laughs>
1: yeah, little old lady not to mess with.
2: <laughs> if you have a funny story, send it to 8029 at comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501.
1: And now it is time for the mortgage mom segment with the Ann Cat Saris, the mortgage mom from Green Tree Mortgage, and her topic today is key questions to ask yourself before buying a home.
2: This is Pay a great topic, audience. This is a great topic, Mark. And sometimes when you're looking for a home, it can feel like everyone has advice when it comes to buying a home, while your friends and your loved ones they Uncle may have your Harry. right they may have your best interest in mind but they also may be missing crucial information about today's housing market that you need in order to make your best decision so before you decide whether you're ready to buy a home you should know how to answer three questions the first one is what's going on with home prices yes home home prices are one factor that directly impacts how much it's going to cost to buy a home, and how much you stand to gain as a homeowner when these prices appreciate. So existing homeowners can pose a significant challenge if you wait to buy. So using these forecasts, you can determine just how much waiting could cost you. So a lot of people are saying, well, the market's crazy right now. The interest rates, I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm going to go on the sidelines. And basically, if prices increase based on the average of all the forecasts, which is roughly, let's call it 12.5%, a median homed price that costs $350,000 in January of 2021 will cost you an additional $43,610 by the end of the year. Wow. That's almost $50,000. Yeah. So simply put, with home prices increasing the longer you wait, the more it's going to cost you. No doubt. The second the second question is which is actually in one of our questions was you know, are today's low mortgage rates going to last? So this is another significant factor that should inform your decision is is the interest rates. Today's average rates remain close to record lows, much like prices though, the experts forecast that they will rise over the upcoming months. So, your monthly mortgage payment can be significantly impacted by even the slightest increase in the mortgage rates, which makes the overall cost of the home greater over time, again, if you decide to wait. The next one is why is home ownership important to you? And it's kind of like your presentation, Mark, when you talk to somebody because you always ask them, you know, what's the most important thing? we need to talk about? What is right. it the one thing that you're looking for? And the final question is a personal one. Before deciding, you need to understand your motivation to buy a home and why home ownership is an important goal for you. The financial benefits of owning a home are often easier you know, to account for than the many emotional ones. But the 2021 National Home Ownership Market Survey shows that six of the nine reasons Americans value home ownership are because of how it impacts them on a personal and aspirational level. So the survey says that home ownership provides number one stability. Yep. Right, they don't have to worry about the the rent going up every month. It also gives them a sense of safety, so they can pack all the guns that they want in the house, like our 80 year old, 87 <laughs> year old woman. It's also a sense of accomplishment, you know, working on your credit, getting all your financial documents together, you know, getting in a position to have savings for your closing costs and your down payment. It's a huge sense of accomplishment. And it's also a life milestone. Now you're beginning to create wealth for not only yourself, but also for your heirs. You have a stake in the community. So now you're inv- you're actually part of something. You're involved in the community. And the and the last one is personal pride. You know you have personal pride in your home more than you would if you had an apartment. You have landscaping that takes place, or maybe you have um, curb appeal that you're working on. You decorate it. The National Housing and Financial Survey from uh, NeighborWorks America also highlights the emotional benefits of home ownership and clearly there's a value to home ownership beyond the many great financial opportunities. As we said it's given homeowners a sense of pride, safety, security, accomplishment which impacts their lives and how they feel daily. So the bottom yeah, line all,
1: That's all true because, and and it's the first step like as maybe building wealth, you know.
2: Yeah, like, right. That's what I'm saying. I mean it cre- it's for your heirs as well. So I mean, if I have a house and it's paid off or, you know, there's a lot of equity in the house, you know, that can get that can get handed down to any other, other kids or, that you have or, in the or family. You,
1: or you use it for uh, buying a duplex and writing it out. The, like that's, that's right. how most people start.
2: No, you're right. And the bottom line is home home ownership is life changing. And buying a home can positively impact you in so many ways. I mean, one, it it helps with other goals because now you're motivated to get up and go to work and increase your goals and, and hopefully better yourself and for your family. So with any decision, this is big. It helps to have a trusted advisor by your side each step of the way. And if you're ready to begin your journey toward home ownership, all you have to do is contact Mark and myself We'll get you pre-approved, we'll talk about what's gonna be the best decision as far as the loan products, how much of a down payment you're gonna need, all of these things that we can walk you through. So don't forget to check out my website which is mortgagemom.net and then you can also give me a call, 609-605-7153.
1: You know, and like over 90% of the rental units in the country are small business people, the the ones that own one or two uh, uh, units to rent out. That's the big majority. Uh, And that all starts because they had a house. Like I have have one friend, he started buying houses years ago in Kensington for like 10 grand a pop. And (laughs) then he bought like 13, then he used that one in his house and he bought a 25 unit building then he used them and a 25-unit building He bought a 50-unit building. And then he used them and bought a 100-unit building. And the last one we looked at was for $9 million. Wow. But it all started by buying a, a few rental units.
2: Yeah. Yep. Onesie-twosies, right? <laughs> yep.
1: Yep. But it all starts with that. And I mean, if you don't... And there is something about owning and coming home to your
2: house. Absolutely. Except when stuff starts to break, then, you know.
1: Yeah, but that's life in the big city.
2: (laughs) All right, Mark, coming up next is going to be our question and answer segment.
1: All right, very good. That was a great topic. It was a great topic. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back.
0: Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley.
1: All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHDO positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne?
2: Mark, we're up to our question and answer segment. Our first question is, my tenant is renting out my property to multiple people. Without my permission, what do I do?
1: (laughs) This one happens a lot. Uh, And then sometimes the people that are renting get in trouble because they got their friends kicking in rent, and then they all leave, and then they can't pay the rent. Or the person that rented it leaves, and the other ones think they can stay, you know. You got to read your lease, and a lot of them don't read your lease. That's why you should have things like Legal Shield that we've had for what twelve years at least. And you you, you send the lease over to the, a Legal Shield, and for what is it nineteen dollars a month? You're a member, and some lawyer reads your lease to you, and if there's anything weird, they point it out to you. But you can, you know these. A lot of young millennials do this stuff. They rent a place out. Then they rent out rooms to friends. <laughs> and and then the guy finds the landlord, lessor, finds out that these people are doing this and what's his options. Now, you can file in court. Uh, you could tell him they got to go. If they won't go, you do an eviction. And you got to go through all that hassle. But, you know... The best thing to do, if you are the landlord, when you get first wind to this, you put a nip it in the bud before they add a few more buddies, and uh, and uh, you got a party <laughs> house every weekend. Just like my, this would be like my song ten fifty nine fifty nine. That's right. <laughs> no loud music after eleven o'clock. Right. <laughs> so let's let's jam to ten fifty nine fifty nine. <laughs> so you got to do something about it. You can't let your tenants run your business for you. right? So you, sometimes you're going to have to go file an eviction because technically they violated the lease. The lease, right. And, and once you violate the lease, that's the reason they can kick you out. What's the next one?
2: The next question is, Mark, is now a good time to be a real estate agent?
1: Yeah, Actually, you know, I, I, I get people, students that call me and you would think they would do a little research about the market, <laughs> but they don't. And they call me up and they'll say, you know, I have been thinking about this real estate thing for a while. Is it a good time to be a real estate agent? <laughs> and I'm like, it's always a good time, you know. It's it's like any other industry. It's it's what you do with it. You know, you could be the the you know the best dentist in the world, but if you don't have any clients, it doesn't matter. So you know, it, and and realtors. The, the average real estate agent in the United States is getting older. She, uh, the average agent is a like 59-year-old female. So the agents that are making a lot of money in our industry are getting older. So you need new blood. So it's, a, it's always a good time to get in this industry. It's the one industry. There's no cap. You can make as much money as you want. And there's so many different things that it could possibly lead to. If you stay in the twenty percent, like we talk about, right, and and you make a lot of money, and you got more times on your hand, and you have good quality of life, you can really make. I have I have a couple of students that made over a hundred thousand their first year in the business, yeah, because absolutely. Because they they did exactly what I told them to do in our coaching session in our school, and it works. But most of the agents don't. The yeah. average agent in the United States sells twelve houses makes 55 grand a year because they don't lead generate correctly so yeah it's a good time to get in and the and the older agents they don't want the newbies but you know what it's too bad there's plenty for everybody <laughs> and, uh, and 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 it's not appliances it's not cars it's real estate it's limited 75 percent of the world is water so everybody wants some just like the song it is always a good time to get in our business. As What's long as you treat
2: one? it like a business.
1: That's right, be a business person.
2: All right, next What's question. On? How much is flood insurance?
1: This is a good one because especially with all these crazy rains and stuff we've been having. Now I looked, nationwide the average is around 900 and some 50 dollars per year. Per year. Per year, nationwide. Pennsylvania? Thirteen hundred a month is the average.
2: Thirteen hundred. I have a chart. Right. right.
1: I have a chart. Now, Jersey, probably I forget what Jersey was, but because of Katrina, ever since Katrina, you know, it's like a almost like a mortgage payment. Like this is on top of your mortgage. Like if you're paying twelve hundred dollars a month for a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house, and you're in a flood plot and you got to pay $1,300 a month for flood insurance, you might as well just buy another house somewhere else. <laughs> <I>
2: know.
1: <laughs> you know, but, you know, ever since Katrina, uh, flood insurance, in fact, what they do down the shore, they, they tore houses down and told them they couldn't build them again. Right. Because it just kept happening. I always, I could never figure out in my in my whole real estate life, watching those... Mississippi River floods <laughs> like that. It seemed like they happened every year, and then, well, we're just going to rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, like like next time, how about like up on stilts, about twelve foot, right. you know? <laughs> right. Nah, we're just going to put a double wide right
0: here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the next one?
2: Oh my God. The next question is: How long will interest rates stay low?
1: So what's your prediction, Ms. Ars? <clears throat> I
2: think we're good. I think we're good for about another year and a half.
1: That's right. yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. We're into I figure mid twenty twenty two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're not they're not gonna raise these rates unless Uncle Joe gets out of control. Gets the only thing I'm, the only thing I'm worried about is not so much the interest rates, uh inflation. Inflation's up five percent. Everything's getting a little more expensive. That gas pump.
2: The the gas. gas is
1: in California 9 dollars a gallon. No,
2: it's not.
1: Yes it is. Are you serious? Yeah, well my I, I don't know where my the last I paid was 3.35 a gallon. And uh last year I was paying what? 2 2 dollars or something. Jeez. And now I'm at 3 3.35. Hey, California it's like uh like almost 9 dollars a gallon. It's That's crazy. That's
2: insane. All right, they next a, question. <clears throat> excuse me, what percentage of people rent in Philadelphia?
1: And it actually went down from 48% to 46%. But that that still was a high number. Uh, I asked the last class that I was in what percentage of people rent in Philadelphia, and they thought it was like 80%, <laughs> 70%. Oh I'd be no, out of business. Just, they just thought that, you know, and I said 48%. And then I just did some research, and it's actually went down to forty six. Like New York's like ninety two because it's so expensive. It
2: is very expensive. But
1: forty six percent of Philadelphia renting out of six hundred and seventy six thousand units. That's a couple hundred thousand units of rentals. That, and I, I probably I, I would bet thirty percent of that group could buy if they only knew. A no, little you're information right. that you that you talked about. If they didn't think you had to put twenty percent down, and you didn't, they didn't think you needed a seven hundred. credit I was just score. gonna say that and exactly. You know, right. yep. they're they're the big myths. And if they realized they only needed three and a half percent and a six twenty, I bet you, And even if they had a, a couple dings in their credit, and you had them, and you you stuck with them for six months, and they fixed a few things they probably be buyers. Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, and that's what we do. I mean, we, we have people that can actually guide them in the right direction with their credit. Um, we can do a simulator and, you know, tell you what you need to do to get the credit score up. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, Mark, it goes back to the same thing we talk about all the time. If you don't ask, the answer's just no. Yeah. And, you know, get a plan. That's all. It's a plan.
1: That's all. And, and you'd be shocked uh, uh and a lot of them would be shocked and I, I told the last class like you talked about it i think like a week or two ago uh, about like if we were starting over the first thing we would have bought would is a uh two by two duplex Yep, that's what li- my son's li-
2: looking at now i mean and, he's and, li-
1: and live for free Yep, and maybe even make money and then later you know in my neighborhood man a two two bedroom apartment you're gonna get 14 to 1600 a month. And, you, and your mortgage is probably going to be about 12.
2: And you can use 75% of that rental <laughs> income to help qualify.
1: Yeah, and there you go. It goes back to that one question and then now you're you got uh 2800 a month coming in. You buy a house and then you go, "Ooh, 2800 bucks a month coming in and you buy another one." Right. And then and then you Things go, who knows?
2: Yeah, you know? I, I agreed. Anyway, it all
1: starts by that first move.
2: It does, it does. Mark, and coming up next is going to be our topic of the day, and it's the truth about evictions the media won't tell you. Things are better than you think.
1: They are. Yeah, there that that were some good questions. All right, so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive all the time. We'll be right back.
0: Good news in real estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net.
1: All right, welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, all positive all the time on WPHT. So where we at, Dan?
2: Mark, we are on our topic of the day, which is the truth about evictions the media won't tell you. Things are better than you think.
1: They are. And the media, I am blasting them, man. Nationwide, they just repeat the same things over and over and they try to scare me to death at this eviction things and all the foreclosures well i actually did some i talked about this a little while back but i did some real research on this and a lot of that stuff that they were saying about 14 percent of the country uh, uh renters are behind on their rent and evictions and they and then these politicians come out, oh, we're going to extend the ev- eviction process. Well, that was all based on a small census bureau uh, survey of only 70,000 respondents, which is not a big group because there are so many rentals in the country. So there was, there's other things, larger data sets that show a much healthier rent collection. The honest eviction forecast, they got to consider all the data, not just the tidy sample that the census did. For, like, the National Model Family Housing Council, they actually track payments data on 11.5 million units. That's 450 t- times more than the census survey, with one-fourth of the rentals. So the bottom line with all that is, shows that nearly 96% of the apartment renters paid rent in June of 2021. That was only off 0.4 percentage points. That's a very big deal. A single-family rental survey by the National Association of Realtors last year reported collections at 95%. That means, like, all this stuff you're hearing, where the 14% of people are behind on rent, in actuality, I, I said last week's show, I was predicting... It was It's probably more like four or five percent. And then I was really searching to see historically, like the historic foreclosure rate in the country runs three to four percent. Like when I tell the students in 2008, the worst market in history, what percentage of the country was in foreclosure, they you know they always say like, oh, 50 percent, 70 percent, 80 percent. And it was 5.1% in the worst market in history. And this is the same thing.
2: It's because they make such a big deal out of it.
1: Yeah, because when it bleeds it leads. So right. they keep saying that 12 to 14% all these people are going to be evicted. And in actuality, in these really large surveys 96% of the people are paid paid up. And, only, and, and, and the larger one that was based on rent collected 95% and the ones that are behind were behind like one, one or pay, two payments, not like six months worth of payments. And the same with the foreclosure thing, with the forbearance agreements. Most of them are coming out. So you apply that 96% payment number, you know, the researchers, that what's, they're way off, but they keep selling this negative news. And the rental housing market is hot you know there's typical periods of distress and things change but this is the well but it's not happening in 2021 the market rate apartment oh. sector is having its best year in decades with record numbers in demand occupancy and rent renters are flooding in with higher incomes consistently paying their rent the single family market is a little more fractured but similar trends and jobs are coming back. The economy unemployment's down to five point nine percent in June, and we were at three and a half percent at the end of the last president's term. So, and 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 over fifty years, the average unemployment rate six point two percent. So we are actually back in like nineteen numbers. But if you put on three six ten. Uh, or whatever stations, especially—I'm not going to mention no names—but you would think that there's going to be a quarter of the country is in some kind of forbearance agreement, and fifty percent of the country or renters are going to be kicked out next month. In actuality, it's probably down three or four percent, which is or five percent, which is normal. There's always going to be evictions. For loss of jobs, deaths, whatever. And the same with uh, uh, foreclosures. The average foreclosure rate in the United States is 3 to 4%. You know, people lose jobs, people die, divorce. All kinds of reasons in life. But the average household for renters is up to $68,000. This is nationwide. And personal savings are, are up. Debt is down, the economy is actually in pretty good shape. We are still basically running under the last administration's right, economy because exactly. nothing's been passed yet. The only thing I worry about is that. But trust us, it's not doom and gloom. I mean, if only 5% of all the rental units in the country are slightly behind. We're in really good shape. We're in really good shape. You're right. Really good shape. I don't know any landlords that cannot find a tenant. I mean, the problem is they have so many applications. The bottom line with the whole thing is all this eviction stuff and the media can play it up and we need to extend it and give all these people a chance and we can't kick them on the street. The people that are on the street want to be on the street, you know? If you could pitch a tent on the most expensive property in the country <laughs> in the country out at uh, what, what right. is that? Malibu Beach with right. a tarp and have a watch the sunrise, you know, you got a problem. <laughs> all right,
2: all right, we're ranting, let's go. I was
1: ranting there. I was let's ranting. Let's go. So anyway, the bottom line, things are good. Not bad, good. All positive so all. Get the involved time. in real estate. You can't lose. So where are we at, Dan?
2: Mark, we're up to our business segment with Asking Dr. A, and today our topic is
3: Workplace Phobia.
1: Phobia. This sounds good, Dr. A. How are you?
3: I'm doing great, Mark. How are you?
1: I definitely have a phobia to work. (laughs) (laughs) But I do it anyway.
3: Well, uh, more and more people do, but it's not the same type of phobia you're talking about, my friend. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's
3: jump into it. Let me give a definition first, okay? Because this is really something that I've coined. Uh, and I'm starting to write a number of articles on and we have answers for which is great I'm going to give two definitions one is by Harvard Health okay they don't this is a definition of phobia both of these are definitions of phobia not workplace phobia but they say it's an irrational and exaggerated usually inexplicable illogical and persistent extremely strong dislike or fear of returning to something okay or doing something okay and then Oxford says that it's not a a form of anxiety disorder, which is what Harvard talks about, okay? Uh, But it's just an extreme dislike or a rational fear of something. Well, I've taken this notion of phobia, because that's really what those are definitions of, a phobia, and applied it to workplace, because what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing more and more from our clients and people are buying assessments from us, is that people are more and more afraid of what's going on in the workplace. A lot of it deals with What's happening with COVID, but it's not just COVID, right? There are other aspects that are going into it, such as a well, lousy boss, such as people are spoiled now that they were able to work from home and they don't want to go back to working to the office. In fact, there's a number right. of studies that basically say that about a third of the population doesn't want to go back. In fact, a McKinsey study actually suggested that around 40% of the population, a little less, uh, will actually say they're going to look for other employment if they don't have at least a high hybrid, hybrid situation where they can work wow. some of the time at home, uh, even if they have to work some of the time at work.
1: I think. I think things have changed, and yeah. I, I think I don't think we're ever going back. Totally.
3: There'll be some people who don't, especially with what happens in a lot of large cities with all the traffic. Okay. I mean, if if you've got to spend an hour each way. You know fighting traffic and by the time you get to work and if your emotional intelligence is very high okay or very good you know you're already you know aggravated about the day then it actually works better off for organizations to try and work something out so people don't have to fight the traffic or and heighten in a negative way their emotionality you know yeah and like the time fi- working.
1: and like philadelphia like most of our industry is unless you're like in construction or Repairing cars or something like that, where you got to actually be there, but a large force of Philadelphia's industry probably could work from home.
3: They could, and a lot of professionals can work from home. But there are a lot of people who, who can't. But those organizations that can, especially technology. I mean, if you're working code, yeah. if you're doing something like that, or if you're on, if you're doing sales and you're doing sales, you know, over the phone or using technology with with sales, uh, then that that's a perfect opportunity not to not to work. Uh, in a workplace
1: yeah and and the interesting thing that like, we keep talking about when we're talking about this thing is it's going to be interesting as it continues with the, how what its effect on productivity is
3: Right. And let, let's, let's get into some solutions. And I want to spend a couple, times, couple of our sessions talking about solutions. But one of the solutions is actually to ask your staff to do a survey how many of them would prefer to spend some time at home or have a, a hybrid type of working situation. I think they're going to find out, especially with the 20s and the 30-year-olds, they're going to love that opportunity because they're not into this, this need to socialize at work. Because okay, they socialize through Facebook, and they socialize through Instagram, you know, and all other, you know, other types of, of, of platforms, and they don't have to be face-to-face with people anymore.
1: And the other side of that, on the owner side, uh, you might not meet need so much square footage. That's right. You know? Well, that,
3: that for sure is a huge benefit for, uh, for the organizations.
1: So next week, what are we going to talk about next week? We're going
3: to get into solutions because we have some assessment-related solutions. We have other consulting-related solutions as well. And you don't have to work just with us. You can find the consultant or or ask your consultant who you're working with to help in these areas.
1: And I am seeing tons when I ride around of uh, signs of office space for lease.
3: Well, if they want to get a hold of us, all they have to do is go with to Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N, at abelson.net or just go to abelson.net itself and uh, and contact us that way or look to see how we can help you.
1: I love this Thank topic. you,
2: Dr. Ray. That was great.
1: All right. Thanks, Dr. Um, Abelson.
2: If you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at comcast.net. Give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at dnkatsaris at comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153.
1: And a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every Saturday at 1 o'clock. And our sponsors for keeping us on the air. And we actually have two sponsorship opportunities. You can join our show. And we have a great deal. Give me a call. Or Joe Krause from WPHT. And we can hook you up. And you'll get commercials during the week. Plus on our show every week. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland.
2: I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom.
1: You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive. All, positive,
2: all the, time. the
1: time.
0: Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been prerecorded.